up, witches, and welcome to Witch and Ambition, a podcast. I'm your host, Darren. And I'm Vicky. How are you all today? Sorry, I can't stop saying that. Why, why do you laugh when I when I talk? Uh, Am I that comical? Sorry, I don't know. Oh, okay. I, I mean, this is a very serious podcast, Vicky. I know. <laughs> I can't even get that sentence out without laughing. So, guys, um, we've got a real special treat for you today. Uh, full disclosure, I've been doing some day drinking, and it's on theme, though, with what we're going to be talking about today. So, we're actually interviewing a very special yeah. guest. So, he's a dear friend of mine. Uh, so, Buck uh, is currently living on Warringeri land, also known as Melbourne, Australia. Uh, he's been called to exploring the craft for over 20 years, but his magical and spiritual path developed uh, from rather eclectic and spirit-led uh, origins as a child. So Buck's journey has led him to explore reclaiming witchcraft, uh, his ecstatic devotionals and marriage to Dionysus and the path of the vampire. His main trainings has been in the tradition for men who love men. And after six years of exploration and training, he became an initiated brother of the unnamed path and he's now a formal teacher. And I believe the only one in Australia, or the first one as well. Um, so Buck's craft practice is often ecstatic and he works mostly in spellcraft, incense making, herb craft and root work, spirit journey, work and divination. So, um, how I met Buck is actually through a group that was called the Queer Pagan Men Australia, which is basically an online space that was created so that gay men could get together um, and that obviously ex expanded out. Now it's, uh, I believe, Queer Pagans Australia, Buck, if you correct me if I'm wrong. Yep. So, um, but basically after nine years of uh, managing that side of things, he actually handed the reins over uh, to focus on his new role as a teacher of the Unknown Path. So he's held rituals and workshops in the USA and in Australia, has written articles and been interviewed in a number of publications and podcasts over the years. And now we're adding one more to that list. So please welcome <laughs> our very special guest, Buck Agrias. <laughs> Thank you very much. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I really do need to work on the grammar of that bio. I'm oh, it's fine. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. Oh good. oh, good. Thanks for having me, anyway. Of course. Thank you so much for being here. Let's. So, wait, wait. Pause for one second, oh. though. Oh no. See, this. Is what no, 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 no. But see, this is why, guys. Though, for full transparency, this is why I said that day drinking is fine because we're on trend because of Buck's bio that he's actually married to Dionysus, who is the god of wine and and all things fun. So, if you're listening to this episode and you want to like crack open a drink with us, then cheers. Yo, Sorry, Vicky. Continue. I'm gonna cheers mine because <laughs> so I can't see it out of camera. <laughs> why? What? Why? What are you drinking, Vicky? Come on. I'm not telling everybody. Okay. <laughs> so let's start how we always start with all of our guests. What? How would you define a modern witch? Look at oh, you. Don't um, have to be so scared about it. I promise it's not that bad. Well, it's a hard I, I, one, though, isn't it? Yeah, well, I guess it depends on the day. So, um, I guess we can say these days TikTok. Um, yes. <laughs> no, I'm joking, obviously. <laughs> what, are you, what are we talking about? Cursing the moon or whatever <laughs> that <laughs> thing was that they did? <laughs> yeah, well, well, the next generation after Insta Witch. Um, yeah. Uh, no, uh, I don't know. Far out. What a question. Um, <laughs> I a modern witch is. That, that's a how long is a piece of string thing to me in all honesty because I'm not about to tell someone who is a witch and who isn't a witch. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, if you identify with that and you actually feel a calling to transformational work, um, yeah. and some people that might just be their 
their own balance with their own shadow. Some people it might be all about manifestation. Um, some, it might just be twinkling some crystals. Some it might be, you know, blood and goat <laughs> the crossroad. But whatever it is, um, I'm, yeah. It's all part of it, I guess. It. I, yeah, I've been, <laughs> I've been around the community way too long to even dare say yeah. what someone is or isn't when it comes to that. Um, do I, uh, do I identify the same as another of other people identify? No, um, quite often not. Um, <laughs> I have, but yeah, yeah, uh, it's a, it's a label. Um, it's more about what you actually do. You know, a lot of yeah, people definitely. Which, and that's, I guess, where I'm being quite uh, uh, a flip about the idea of a TikTok witch and Insta witch and all yeah. of that. It's like, as long as you've got the right filter and the great outfits and a little pentagram, then you can. Oh, be and, and the right eyeliner. You need the eyeliner. Yes. As well. Yeah. Yeah. But yep, that's right. But that's not to say that's not a stepping stone to someone then actually opening up you know, uh, the book of Aradia and going, oh, <laughs> you know, um, yeah, or, or, or actually it being a pathway to uh, a deeper exploration of what that becomes. So it's less of a little label you're wearing and it's actually a, a name you can embody. Yeah. Um, so I think there's, there's, you know, <laughs> Uh, there's two sides of it. Definitely there's a place to be held for everyone to explore it their own way. Yeah. And then there's also the other side of me that has absolutely no time to hold anyone's hand around that. Like, <laughs> do the work, read the books, shut up, yeah. and listen, and learn. And yeah. yeah, but yeah, call yourself a witch if you want. Oh, you bitter old queen. You. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> No, no, no. That actually is a bit of a segue to my next thing because, uh, yes. from my understanding, like you've actually been uh, quite active in the greater witch community uh, for like before the internet <laughs> or for the very. Well, no, the internet only came out in the late the late nineties. The internet the was whole the late nineties. Social media really explosion. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm, yeah, I'm being yeah. a bit tongue in cheek with you, but like I, I'm also of the pre-internet era. But like yes. for you, like you were very from what I understand you were very public and like connected with a lot of witches even before like internet became a real thing right uh, y yes and no actually when it comes to the actual witchcraft and pagan community mm -hmm. not not really oh. um my exploration of uh witchcraft and spirituality and um I didn't even use labels of paganism. I actually yeah. back then had no, like, you know, in my teen years and that, didn't quite understand what pagans were um, yeah. uh, or paganism was. But for me, it was doing my own bits and pieces, um, you know, buying books uh, at the little occult store in Sydney back <laughs> in the day. And, and yeah, it was more tarot uh, cards that I started with. I got my first deck, I think I was 16. A friend bought me a deck of tarot cards. And um, so as far as community kind of things go and actually getting to understand that whole dynamic, um, I didn't really jump into it until probably 12 years ago, like okay. really uh, deep into it. Yeah. Before that, like I, I knew a bit of it, but I was just doing my own thing. And yeah, yeah. really exploring my own way. But as far as community and 
weren't doing um, any kind of practice with other people in, mm -hmm. in that kind of way. No, it's uh, it's actually only about twelve years. Okay, but it, but you, by my understanding, you still you did some form of community work even before like Facebook. Obviously, I, I, I say I guess when I say pre-internet, it's pre-social media, like Facebook, Instagram, da da da. Like because you were on the oh, what did they used to call them? I was a Merc kid. You were in those like uh, what's the groups called? Uh, news groups. Yeah, news groups. Yeah, news okay. Groups. Yeah, yeah. So that that wasn't actually witchcraft community. That was pagan. Oh, okay. Uh, that was vampire community. Oh wow. So, okay. Yeah. That the the vampire community was definitely my beginnings of any connection to community in that way, which is really quite strange for a lot of people because uh, I know in the witchcraft community a lot of people don't even still don't even know that there, there is such a community. Yeah. Um, you know. Uh, you know they are every cliche of hiding in the shadows, um, <laughs> but but they kind of are. It, it, you know, it's hard to find um, any of the vampire, well, a lot of vampire community out yep. public. Yeah, um, yeah. But yeah, uh, yeah. I'm. This was 90, 97, 96, 97 was where I first started to connect, and that was actually through books. Mm -hmm. um, I back in like 96 I think was where I got my very first book uh, that was looking at real vampires mm -hmm. and human yeah. living vampires and, and um, living community around it and the back of that book had a list of different websites which were all sort of news group led and that's where I sort of jumped in so yeah. that's yeah. out of the community yeah and then uh, early 2000s when I stepped out of that I sort of focused on my own stuff and then yeah, yeah. it wasn't only until about 12 years ago that I really got involved, involved in witchcraft community as such. Yeah. yeah. So I, you, no, you go actually. Okay. <laughs> I was just going to say. Thank you, mate. Yeah. Go for it. <laughs> Getting kicked. Go, you go. Okay, sure. <laughs> no, I was actually just going to say, like, while we're on that topic, though, um, because honestly, I'm not going to sit here and ask you all the stupid, dumb questions that are going to make you want to stab yourself with a fork in the eyeball. Um, it, but just in, in regards to the vampirism community in a very general sense, because I know what makes a vampire is going to be just as much of a convoluted question as what makes a witch. Because um, I know that like you're not the type of person to say, well, I'm going to define it for everyone. And if you don't fit this definition, then you're not one, because I know you're not like that. But I guess from your in your worldview or in your experience, um, what would you say would be the, uh, I guess, the more the practices of a vampire that like you know because people are gonna to the unknown people are gonna be like oh they drink blood and they do this and they do that and we're just like no that's all hollywood yeah so what, what do drink blood mm -hmm. um it, look, it, it, the, when you're talking about um the vampire community it was when i was first coming into it back in the late 90s it was interesting because even then they were still sort of defining who they were and the differences and you uh, and you've got to recognize at this point in time you had so much happening as far as tabletop role play uh, vampire masquerade had come out you had movies like interview with a vampire such a good movie out around that time um you obviously buffy was uh, a thing at yeah. that time so there was <clears throat> there was lots of space for uh, popular culture mm -hmm. uh, yeah. connections to it now uh, it also ties in a lot with the goth community as well. So yep. straight away, you have a lot of lifestylers, people that love the aesthetic and yep. 
the archetype in a way um and archetypes as we know through witchcraft can also become something else yeah so yeah. um so the lifestyle is and still today possibly the biggest part of the community um and and I do accept lifestylers as being part of the vampire community, definitely. 100%, yep. Do, do they all do the exact same things? Maybe not. It's kind of like saying that uh, a witch that only works with crystals and does Reiki is no not a full witch, or a witch that only does yeah. spells but doesn't do, you know, trans, uh, transcendental meditation is not a witch. It's You, you can't do that. So yeah. um, the lifestyler part is a big part of the community, but there's also um when i was uh, coming to the, the, the news groups there was this break that started to happen between sanguinarian vampires who are blood feeding vampires and psychic vampires energy-based vampires and even that evolved and and you know there's so many subcategories under that and there's also crossovers some psychic vampires also do uh, drink blood and then there's that under there's a whole other section where you've got psychic vampires versus psi vampires which it's the difference between unconscious energy vampires you know emotional yeah. vampires yeah. and dranglers and yeah. um you know a little tongue-in-cheek we just call them empaths in uh the witchcraft community <laughs> uh, <laughs> No, I love it because it's so true. So like, oh, empaths, no. yeah. <laughs> uh, but but we, you know, uh, I, yeah, there is a space for authentic empaths, and there's just a whole lot of space for emotional vampires um, yeah. who just call themselves empaths. Um, but yeah, there's a, there was a lot of space between that, and then the point about people going, well, I'm a medical saying, I need the blood to physically uh, do something, which. Yeah. Yeah, um, I also, even as a witch, I still believe in science. Um, and I also recognize there's a space for things that we don't know and can't measure as well. Yeah, um, yeah. But there's also a category of vampires or groups of vampires that work with what you probably term more as life force, where it's not because they're depleted in any way, but rather they have this way of tapping into life force energy to actually build and strengthen and evolve their own journey um and there's a lot of vampires out there who it's very spiritual some who it's just purely uh, uh an energetic uh, kind of thing but there's no spiritual path to it not all vampires practice magic by any means so there's so many different categories yeah. and yeah. then yeah. there's a whole bunch of crazy too there's a <laughs> there's a bucket load of i'm the immortal you know 500 year old <laughs> child of and it's like oh yeah. oh so but, you're telling me that you're not a thousand and something years old <laughs> no no oh. no so you, your comment about pre-internet kind of thanks so when when i was coming into the community there there was so many so much work still being done in identifying an identity and also because it, it, there's a lot of problematic projections um on the community and a lot of really dangerous people are drawn to it you know you've definitely got a lot of predatory behaviors that can oh yeah imagine i mean i don't know but i could just assume but it's kind of like any uh any fringe sort of community like you look you know uh i'm not part of it but i 
know of in BDSM community and things like that and kink community where, you know, you need to know, have clear language and boundaries and know yeah. where those yeah. things are. So, yeah, back in, you know, uh, the late 90s leading into the early 2000s, um, the community just kind of was tearing itself apart with, you know, this is what a vampire is, this is what yeah. it is and you're not one i'm one blah 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 and you know we i'm fairly sure we gave birth to the troll on the internet (laughs) because i I, you know we didn't have social media back then and we weren't engaging on that level we didn't understand that and yeah um and just the level of trolling in the community and uh that's actually what finally made me step away from it i did meet a few um people who identified as vampires in person um, back in the early 2000s. Um, Some of them, uh, you know, a little bit nutters. Um, And yeah, uh, but when it came to people that could talk about it on a level that also included uh, anything to do with spiritual work or anything to do with the esoteric, um, it was far and few between. And like some of the first organizations for the real vampire community, um, the first one, uh, the Order of the Vampire, I think was 78. And then you've got the Temple of the Vampire, um, who wrote the Vampire Bible, came out in the early 80s. So a lot of the early um, groups uh, that were doing work with the vampire or as vampires, um, actually do connect to esoteric work quite strongly, quite deeply. Yeah, a yeah. lot of it actually traces back, like the Order of the Vampire actually traces back to um, the, the uh, Church of Satan, um, the early days of that. And yeah, a lot yeah. of the magics that you see in those are very much sort of um, ceremonial and high magic kind of work. Yeah. Um, okay, again, yeah. that's not that's not my kind of bag. I'm, yeah. I'm ecstatic <laughs> through and through. <laughs> um, uh, and, and I still explore my work through through that way, connected to the vampire work. But back then, that wasn't a conversation. It was all about you know psychic vampires versus blood vampires versus role yeah. players, and yeah. So yeah, it it was a long journey, and yeah. I, I got my fangs permanently done back then. Um, so back in 1999, I got permanent fangs put in. How on earth did you manage to find a dentist that would be willing and yeah. like consenting and like all above board to do that? Because that in itself is a huge achievement. Yeah, yeah. Was that, it, um, was that a hard thing to to find someone to do it? Yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah. I went to multiple dentists and yeah. um, and finally found a, a guy who. He, he was actually quite young for a dentist and he specialized in uh, sort of making dentures and things like that mm-hmm. as yeah. well. And I just think I caught him at the right time where he was just sick of looking at yet another toothless mouth to make dentures <laughs> for. And here comes this little, was you know, be exciting, wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah, here comes this little, like, little guy coming in going, thanks. Oh, um, now, obviously dentists will never do anything to your mouth that could cause any damage or permanently yeah. alter um, yeah. the alignment of your mouth or your teeth. So he said, look, let's have a look at your mouth. And when we chew, we don't chew up and down, we actually chew side to side. So you actually need space for your canines to actually move as you grind side to side. And I just happen to naturally have 
perfect amount of space to really? have bangs. So yeah, he um he got really excited by it. He was actually as excited as me. It was really <laughs> That's so, fabulous. Yeah, but um you know, and that was a big obviously uh, not a uh, a choice you make lightly. No. Um and because uh, I, yeah, I recognise that for the rest of my life, when people look at my teeth, there's yeah. gonna be, and I, I purposely, you know, obviously they're small enough, they're, you know, small yeah. enough to get away with. Oh, they, um, but the, I mean, I'm sure, like they're small enough, but at the same time, they're also big enough to know that you, you kind of, it, I'm, I'm sure you get a lot of quizzical faces, like, huh, yeah, like, but not enough for people to actually say anything. They look and kind of go, yeah. Oh. But, or maybe, or maybe yeah. they're too scared to because they think that you're a thousand or five thousand years old. So you're gonna drain them dry. That's. Fine. I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> but yeah, so um, for, you know, I I was very involved in in the vampire community. Um, I, I I had my own news group group, which was uh, the Australian Vampire Association, which was uh, resources. Sorry. Was um, how very official of you. I was about I, to uh, say Australian Vampire, vampire Association. <laughs> uh, and, and that was for um, people to find networks and all that. But look, I, I just got over the the BS and the drama, and a lot of it international. Um, yeah. And yeah, so I stepped away from it, and I thought, you know, let's go into a much calmer community. Let's go to witchcraft. <laughs> I was about to say. I was gonna say. I was gonna say. You're like, let's go to a calmer community, and then you went to queer pagan men. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, uh, like karma, uh, I'm pretty sure we're all the drama. I know. <laughs> anyway, I know. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Um, choice. By the way, no, no <laughs> to all of our brothers out there who are pretty pagan men. I'm just being okay. a bitchy queen because I can be because it's my show. <laughs> <laughs> and not yours. Exactly. <laughs> not to quote like Katya and, and Trixie or anything, but because it's our show and not yours. Um, anyway, sorry, I digress. I digress. <laughs> I don't even know if I answered your question at all. No, no, you did. Like yes, you did. Okay. No, it was great because it was you great. Did. We found out lots of other stuff as well, which is brilliant. Right, cool. It's like it. when, when we touch on a topic where we, we see us just go, uh huh, uh huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. That's that means we've hit like podcast exactly. gold because it's something right. I'm like, I knew nothing about this, and you're just like, yeah. Well, yeah. trust me, it's a subject I could talk on forever because there's a lot of history and a lot of detail in it. Well, but it's, I know it's a good thing that you're immortal then. That. Yeah. I was going to say, it's a good <laughs> thing you're immortal because then you can talk about it for a while. <laughs> I'm not immortal. I'm joking. <laughs> anyway, Vicky, you go on. <laughs> Thanks. Anyway, I was just wondering if we can then kind of, because you mentioned it in, in amongst all of that as well, that you do the more static type work and things like that as well. And do you also, um, like still keeping it with the vampire, like, do you nicely kind of intertwine the two of them as well and then move into... Yeah. Do look, they kind of... Definitely. Sorry, I didn't articulate that. Actually, right. wait, can we, go, can we go one step back though? Oh, Just okay. because for some of our listeners, they may not know what ecstatic work is. Oh, oh yeah. So can you, can you add that into your response? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Just because yeah. for some people, they'll be like, what the fuck is that? Yeah. You know what I mean? So, yeah. uh, look, in, in very sort of simple uh, way of looking at ecstatic work, it is through um, movement and shifting of body and sound and using um, the shift of energy through that technique. And through ecstatic work, it's ability to shift into altered states as well through body work. So, 
Um, if you look like, the, the, you know, my influences definitely with things like the whirling dervishes um, and things like that, the Sufi dancers. I'm trained in um, uh, classical Egyptian belly dancing as well, which is a combination of um, tight control and release at the same time. Yeah, so you constantly yeah. got this this fight against each other. Um, there's a great book out there which uh, Tommy. Uh, uh, mentioned to me uh, some years back called Trance Dancing with the Jinn. Which... Oh, he told me about that one. I still have Okay, yeah, yeah. So, I'm writing that down. <laughs> yeah. So it, it's a fantastic book and it looks at a technique called the Tsar, which is traditionally um, uh, performed, uh, well, uh, done by Middle Eastern women who feel that they've been possessed or attached to by the Jinn and they've been called to do it as a service to, and it's a way to open up to trans, uh, you know, uh, translate and also hear, but also has a soft possessionary aspect to it as well. And she, uh, in that book, she goes through a lot of incredible um, insight into the brain's chemistry that happens through different stages of ecstatic work. Um, so that's a fantastic book if you really want to get into like the brain chemistry and what happens and how altered states come about. Um, and of course, uh, ecstatic work for me um, very much just came as a, a child, being that little kid that just used to spin around and I've danced all my life and all of that. But just knowing that, that there was a state that I could get into which I could shift the world yeah. around me and shift my perspective and easily uh, leave my body and come back uh, yeah. through ecstatic work exit. and raising energy. Um, you know, uh, you know, that's you know, for for most. I know it's very cliche, but for most gay guys, uh, our church is our dance floor. And a lot of, <laughs> but a lot of that comes from. Obviously, it's a place. You know, clubs have been the place where there's been safety and community and all that come together, and and when you get that that thriving, you know, vibe of all bodies moving together to the bass yeah. and all that, that's ecstatic work. You know, yeah. Yeah, that's exactly. right. Then, but even like, you know, you look at Born Again and you know, look at Hillsong. That's all like Yeah, that's right. Just get the, get the vibe going, open up. And, it's a whole... Yeah. Yeah. Look yeah. at the... So ecstatic technique crosses over in many different um, experiences of, of connecting with the divine because mm. it raises energy and particularly in a group, it's a fantastic way of really driving an energy and utilize, when you know how to utilize and fine tune and hone that energy, that's where real magic happens. Um, and it's one of those things that I, I use ecstatic technique naturally, but also I love because I can do some big stuff just on my own. I don't need a yeah. whole group, but yeah. it's something where you can also drive a whole group uh, into it while you can focus on the work while everyone's just being the battery behind yep. it. Um, <laughs> and when you're talking about that raising energy, focusing energy, working with energy in the vampire side, to come back to your mm. question, Vicky, is yeah. Um, yes, because there's way that you can direct your way of feeding and drawing and directing it as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, now, having said that, my conscious use of my witchcraft technique and my vampire world only really found a comfortable marriage together in the last few years. 
Yeah. Mm. Um, yeah. And I stepped away from vampire community for a long time and only over the, I've always sort of checked in, kept yeah. an eye on a few key people in the community. Like there's some certain names um, out there in the community that I've always kept an eye on and ones that yeah. have written books and publishers and all of that. So yeah, I see the evolution there. Um, but it's only been in the last few years that I've actually stepped back out of the shadows to go, okay, yep, still yep, here. Yep, and now I've got some extra skills to bring and, and that is through my witchcraft, yeah. I love it. Do you know, it's funny, I was actually, while you were talking, I was, I was listening to everything you were saying and it's like, cause I, I'm, I asked you to dumb it down for the listeners, but it's actually for me because I was like, I wanted the, the <laughs> definition of it because I had an inkling of what I thought it might be, but just, you know, I wanted to make sure before I, you know, I have to obviously vet what I'm about to say on camera. Because um, <laughs> like, it's funny that what you were talking about literally like that was uh, like I teach dance fitness classes and it's something that I do as a energy healer and things like that. I, I have this thing where I want everyone that enters my class space, like that's my church. Everyone knows I call it church. This is the sacred <laughs> space where we praise the Zumba gods and whatever else. Um, <laughs> like, I'm joking. But like, no, literally when they come in, my intention is that they always leave in a better mood than when they arrived. And so while we're all dancing and we're creating group energy of that mass movement of people to music, the music's like pumping so loud that they lose themselves in the moment. They create that energy. And what they don't realize that I'm doing on stage as an energy worker is I'm grabbing that energy, kind of harnessing it inwards and then directing it towards people gently. Cause one time I got so in the moment and accidentally threw energy really hard at someone and literally saw them fly across the room. And I'm like, too much, too much, back off. They thought they just tripped on something, but there was nothing there. So I was like, I'll just let them think that, that's fine. Yeah. Um, some of them who know me, oh, and now that they're listening to this podcast, some of them do. I was about to say, <laughs> you've added yourself. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, but no, people People have said to me, they're like, oh my God, I always leave in such a good mood after I leave your class. I'm like, oh, you're welcome. They're like, but they don't realize that there's a lot of stuff that I'm orchestrating up on that podium. I'm not just dancing for you, for your entertainment or for your yeah. enjoyment of your exercise. Like I'm making sure that you all leave in a positive state. Um, so it's just interesting that you're saying this. And I'm like, this sounds awfully familiar but um okay i know a little bit of your backstory so i'm wanting to kind of dive in on that a little bit because i know that you are a bit of a and my terminology not yours but a little bit of a theater geek uh, okay yeah yeah so, uh, um, yeah 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 so it's like because i've also come from an arts background so for me that whole ecstatic dance movement all that kind of stuff kind of ties nicely into the work that you do but i wanted to know um, how did you kind of get into, like, was it something that you just naturally progressed to the ecstatic world or was it kind of you identified it from your work in musical theatre and, and dance and stuff? Did you just naturally become aware of the fact that you're manipulating energy or, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, look, it, um, I know yeah. it's like a chicken or the egg, which came first scenario, yeah. but, look, but well, well, as a performer, uh, you recognize that exchange of energy and that ability to shift and, uh, mm -hmm. you know, and manipulate um energy and in a room uh, uh just through presence and through how you engage with space yep, um yep. and working particularly when you've got you know other people on stage with you and particularly if you've got an audience now yeah, yeah. i'm trained very much as a stage performer and uh, and uh, uh, and that's my whole background and experience but i've always done it ever since a kid i you know i, I was always wanted to uh, dance and then went into acting training and and musical theater and all of that but um yeah it, it was 
all very a natural progression, but I had no idea what um, ecstatic yeah. Yeah. witchcraft yeah. was. But um, I guess were you aware of what you were doing though, or was it really yeah. just a oh, definitely. natural? Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, over time, you know, but I didn't, I didn't recognize that witchcraft was actually anything different. I recognized that stagecraft is called the craft very much for a reason. <laughs> um, but funnily enough, I remember um, not not acting training, but through uh, high school drama. I went to a performing arts high school, so we're very clear about what was acting and what was high school drama. Slobs, <laughs> <laughs> totally. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> but our teacher uh, ran us through heaps of different exercises, which were all about being able to build energy, manipulate energy, and share it between others. Many years later, I realized when I read Spiral Dance that <laughs> I was actually, in my high school drama class, actually doing witchcraft because she used Spiral Dance and the exercises out of Spiral Dance. Get in out! The drama class. So yeah. you had an extremely progressive teacher. Wow. Oh yeah, what, like all of our teachers were progressive. Like yeah, it, it was a performing arts high yeah, school. Just so, oh, yeah. Yeah, it, yeah, it was just a little like, extra. Yeah, 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 just a little <laughs> extra. Yeah, um, big time. So uh, yeah, one of our my main drama teacher, not acting teacher, um, used those exercises, uh, and it wasn't until years later I realised that's what it was. So that straight away was an awakening of going well yeah there really isn't any difference like that that's literally it um that, that that's not what uh, performance is for everybody but yeah. for me that's where i found the natural flow of it mm -hmm. because that also tied into also just as a child how i engaged and worked with energy around me and things like that i i explored so many random little bits and pieces as a child you know and i was very very blessed to um very blessed to come from a divorced family where my father, <laughs> <laughs> you know, but my father lived in the country and out bush and uh my mum who i mainly lived with was you know um in sort of western suburbs growing up in yeah. sydney um but you know city boy essentially or suburban boy so i got both worlds and i got to yeah. run off into the bush and and just explore and connect and listen and you know and i'm very blessed that both of my parents um never ever talked about uh religion as a framework or a boundary and neither of them were religious by any means yeah. um but both of them had a respect and a connection to nature and taught me a lot about how to listen and how to be present. So I was that kid, very haunted kid. I, you know, I was that Haley Joel Osmond. I saw dead people, um, but I also saw spirits in the forest and, and I played with energy as a kid. I, you know, everyone has imaginary friends as a kid and I, yeah. I I'm fairly really sure did. I was just fun <laughs> with the Fae and yeah. you know, like, <laughs> whatever that may be. And that line between, you know, what's imagination and what is actually going beyond that, that that's very blurred lines. And we know that in witchcraft. Yeah. You know, we know that's yeah. a technique in witchcraft to start out. You know, we'll fake it till you make it. And eventually that veil drops and you realize, like, oh, shit. <laughs> you know? yes. Hello. Um, yeah, hi. So, uh, sorry, there was no clear line for me. Um, yeah. 
with that. It all just was a natural evolution. And yeah, I, you know, I'm very blessed to have that opportunity to know how to listen to my instincts. Mm-hmm. And that's what's led my whole way. Um, yeah. And, and that's in my day side and my night side or my, you know, my, my, um, my muggle world. But my muggle world and my witchcraft world. <laughs> um, you know, um, so yeah. I was actually only because you mentioned the whole thing about being very in tune as a kid. Like Vicky and I had the pleasure of hearing about a very interesting story of you as a kid. <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know if you're willing to share it, but um, the whole thing of following your intuition and how to do things and being very in tune with nature. Um, would you be willing to share that story publicly? Or <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay. Uh, <laughs> I mean, you don't have to. I just yeah. thought. Yeah. Look. Um... Yeah, we we were talking uh, about you know where where I identified my beginnings of my connection in any kind of magic working and all that and and I think this was um I would have been I think twelve or thirteen at the time and in a situation where someone was living with us who well and truly had overstayed their welcome a friend of the family yeah. um who was <laughs> really taking that um, to a whole uh, new level. And I um, I decided that I wanted to get rid of them. And I was just whinging about them to a friend of mine and then thought, you know, fuck it, you know, one are gone. And I, without having any knowledge of witchcraft techniques, at this stage, I think my main movies of reference would have been like bed knobs and broomsticks. Um, <laughs> and maybe like, uh, I don't know, like we're talking like 92, uh, 93. Yeah. Um, so I don't know, but yeah, no great deep high magic. Yeah. I hadn't watched <laughs> of Salem or anything. Yeah. Um, so I, I just followed my natural instincts and I thought I'm going to begin by cooking her a meal that she always likes to cook and she was a fan of um, uh, allspice and mixed herbs went into every meal because okay. well you know uh, why would spices um, but, <laughs> but anyway but I, so I started by cooking a meal using her ingredients and then layered them over and over and really just built it and built it up and then I wanted elements of her to bring into that so she used to wear these awful wigs and you know I cut off the cut pieces of her favorite wigs and blended them into it and this whole time it was just about you know you you really want this you really want this and hold her into it and then it got to the point where I was spitting in it and pissing in it and built <laughs> built this whole concoction and I put it in a container with her name and dropped it off at actually what would have been a crossroads I actually know the names of the roads and I won't say it but <laughs> frankly enough was a crossroads and that well, just crossroads. came to my attention but it was actually <laughs> dump, the dump yard behind the school I went to at the time and I left it there oh, wow. and yeah and then shortly after she moved out so, um, <laughs> I'm sorry, I, I had to I had to get you to share that one because uh, yeah, really... because we were talking about, you know, what was the first spell you cast kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, something... Far out. Like I you know, 
that that was it so um but that was all you know opening up and listening you know i was pretty much in a a state of hearing what i needed to do and you know i when i know what i know now go oh shit how did i do that (laughs) that like that's it and i've tried to pull apart kind of you know because i'm hyper analytical and critical about certain things you know surely i must have seen something that yeah that there was somewhere that it came from yeah Yeah. and i cannot in all honesty find any way that that would have been part of it but you know having said that i you know my on my mother's side your family connected to being naturopaths and herbs and things like that you know you work with your garden you grow from your garden you feed from your garden and so i understood energy of the animistic aspect of of um working with plants and things like that but i i was quite extreme in my animistic (laughs) 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 from quite a young age so yeah I just love how it was so intuitive though like that's that's the thing that I just love about it is is that it just all had all the elements and and it wasn't my intention to begin with it became yeah like it was something. just something you were doing yeah yeah, um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> cheers to that cheers to following your intention as a, yeah, as a young that's you it. why do I feel like I'm, I'm in therapy all of a sudden <laughs> <laughs> Box of tissue. Oh God! Surely we're not. Surely we're not that dry. Uh, uh, no, no. Okay. <laughs> if, if this was what therapists would have been like, I would have wanted to go to them much earlier in life. Like, yeah, having a casual drink and chatting about witchcraft. Like, sign me up. Where's my neuropsychologist? It's just funny because it's actually not a story I tell or a part of my life I actually talk about much. Mm. And it's just yeah. strange because we, you know, we've talked about it a little while ago and then yeah. today I was like, holy shit, wow, I'm packed. What's, what's <laughs> coming out here? That's it. <laughs> so what was it like for you as somebody from a very young age, like you said, like uh, the Haley Joel Osment of, <laughs> of being able to see spirits and things like that. Was it difficult at times? Because I assume that at the time sometimes it's not always taken um and treated with the respect that it should be yeah 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 um so perspective is um i came out of the womb gay um so it was very clear that that i was queer but from a very young age i was dancing into theater i loved musicals I also lived in a very rough part of western suburbs Sydney, um, near St Mary's, um, back particularly in the 80s. Not a not a good place. Um, so, uh, you know, single mum, all of that kind of stuff. So, if you know, every form of other, I was already there. So then, yeah. on top of that, to be someone who literally saw spirits and would hear things and see things and I lived in a very very haunted house at this particular stage of my life um the property we were on was actually one of the oldest marked properties of the area back before it became a suburb um and the house we were on sat far back from the street from any other houses because it was actually where the original frame of the old houses were so like yeah it had a lot of a lot of history and the area itself um 
you know, has a high, high violent area, very solid domestic violence issues and a number of other things. Um, so yeah, I lived in a very strong energetic space as a young child and also being a child that was quite open naturally, obviously. And as soon as you, particularly as, as a, a gay man or a, a queer person, there's already that that lens of sitting between the worlds, which carries into the tradition I'm part of, which is very much part of that. Yeah. You, you, you're born with a, with a shift of your soul and perspective of the world. So there's a natural ability in many cases to actually engage in different ways. But obviously as you grow up and become a teenager, you get sick of being the weird kid. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, even at a performing arts high school, you're still <laughs> being a weird kid. You know, uh, so um, it became one of those things that I've learned how to block out and just dis disconnected from. And particularly in my later teens, um, you know, even the vampire world was very private. I didn't talk about that with anyone, though, you know, and, you know on on my day side, people knew that I loved popular culture side of horror. I love horror yeah. and, and the vampire aesthetic and all that, like that lifestyle aesthetic stuff. Sure, because that's okay. Um, yeah. But the rest of it was no one, no one. Um, and as far as uh, working with spirits or seeing spirits and things like that, um, uh, I actually remember I, I had a, I was organizing a, a party to have some friends come around to do a seance at my house. Is, you know, <laughs> far out, I was a weird kid. But anyway, you know, 14 year old me decided, hey, let's do a seance. Um, let's invite the girls around and Why let's not? go. Uh, and uh, the school caught wind. So because one of the kids um, heard about it, got really scared. So they told their parents and the parents told the school and then they called the other parents and said, no one's allowed to come. Um, which was great because it became the best underground little <laughs> little party uh, to turn up to. <laughs> um, Instant but, but, credibility. Yeah, like bam, tell kids, tell a bunch of teenage girls that you're not allowed to go do something. Yeah, that's right. You're out of the wrong side of town. Like my, I went to a performing arts high school, which was, you know, very, um, you know, it was money to get in. I was yeah. Western suburbs and scholarship. You know, I auditioned and won a scholarship as a performer to get in. So there's a big jump between the socioeconomic uh, environment I was around at school versus my daylight. So for all these kids to come out to this rough part, to like this poor little part of town, like, yeah. you know, I didn't live in the projects, but you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. but you get the- Yeah, that's it, there's a difference. The, yeah, from there, right. yeah, of course. The, it's all the it's all that but you know that didn't do me a whole lot of favors in, in uh, gaining a lot of friends because I was still that weird kid. And I think from there I decided, you know what, I I need to dial this down. And even for myself, I I learned yeah. to kind of go numb from it. Um, yeah. And then particularly later on when I sort of stepped away from vampire community. And I was coming into being into you know my twenties and already being othered, and yeah. in the gay community, unfortunately, particularly in, in the early two thousands, late nineties, it was very boxed. You had to fit a category, and and 
I, yeah. you know, so I, you know, I cut my hair, I shaved my beard and became the fabulous little twink that I was apparently meant to be, and, and I hated myself, you know, um, though apparently uh, people seemed to like me, but I just, I didn't like me. Um, so it was for a long time it took me to learn how to open that back up again and learn that it comes yeah. with a dial. You know, back then, yeah. you could just oh, cut it off, ignore it, shut it down, yeah. and do whatever you can, and don't speak of it. Um, so yeah, and a lot of us go through those kind of journeys and ages in the witchcraft community. Yeah, yeah. It's not just unique to me by any means, but the, as far as a, a, a haunted child, as I call myself, um, <laughs> uh, you, yeah, there, you know, it, it does develop its own shadow. It, it does. Yeah. Yeah. into this whole other thing that eventually you need to unpack and yeah. luckily luckily with good witchcraft practice you learn yes. how to do that it's a yeah. big part of it it's like, it's like um, you're almost painting a bit of a nancy from the craft kind of image at, at, <laughs> in some of this story i was like what like you know the way you're painting yourself out to be this like the kid from out in the suburbs and stuff and it's like you know, that kind of i'm like oh god <laughs> i'm like yeah, oh. look. Uh, have you, yeah, I guess I can identify with Nancy to a certain extent, not to that extreme. Yeah, yeah, no, obviously, yeah, obviously. No, no. I just mean as being the one who's like the weirdo at school, like, because she's yeah. like, uh, excuse me, mister, we are the weirdos, like, you know. Yeah. Oh, yeah, um, totally. And trust me, the craft spoke to me so strongly. Uh, yeah, uh, I'm pretty sure every kid yeah. growing yeah. up in that era who's into this stuff. Yeah. Like, I, I feel like if, if, you, if you were one of those kids who just like gravitated towards the craft then that was like your kind of almost like subliminal awakening <laughs> like you watch the craft you're like you're watching it for a whole nother reason to everyone else in their yeah, theater yeah because you, you know it, it there were real things in there there was real yeah. element was that dog whistle for those that know how to hear and feel it it was yeah. legitimately mm -hmm. yeah. um and and quite subconsciously that called to many of us and then later on you kind of unpack and go oh yeah, yeah it's like <laughs> <laughs> yeah on oh, no, no, i'm actually a little bit excited like i mean obviously we're taping this in advance so i've booked tickets tomorrow night to go see the reboot which i'm hoping they haven't ruined it <laughs> yeah I, i'm just gonna stay positive thinking that it's gonna be amazing and i'm gonna love it because yeah i'm going tomorrow night to go see it so did you know that there's a reboot surely you did you just, uh, let me yep. guess, you've read the reviews and they're horrible. I'm trying to read um, the, the stoic no. presence of an Aries face. Um, I haven't seen it myself, so okay. I can't comment. <laughs> Very diplomatic. <laughs> okay, so I want to fast forward a little bit because um, right. I want to fast forward a little bit because obviously we're whining and dining as we, as we kind of have this interview. Um, and something that really intrigued me about your story was obviously your because uh, I know that earlier this year you actually celebrated, is it five years of your marriage to Dionysus? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Earlier yeah. this year? Yeah. Um, and by the time this airs, it's actually going to be on my four-year wedding anniversary or 16-year anniversary with my husband. <laughs> so I, I know that the dates don't align. I'm not doing anything like that. But like, just like for me, that was kind of exciting. Like, you know, obviously a big milestone because five years is a long time yeah. to be married, even to a deity. <laughs> but to our, to our listeners who may not necessarily get it, like how do you marry a god um like what's your what, what what can you tell them about that experience or even how you stumbled across that like how does one venture into that path of marrying a deity 
Yeah. Uh, uh, I don't know if that's too broad, but yeah, interpret that how you want. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, um, you know, coming into paganism, like most pagan, a lot of pagan men go through the experience of being drawn to Pan. Um, yes. And as that young kid who used to run through the woods and see things, particularly um horns and hooved things uh pan called to me very very strongly and um he, i think when i came into discovering pagan community and realizing oh witchcraft has a community as well mm -hmm. um it uh when i it, it was straight away pan popped up again it's like oh you've been there all along you cheeky little kid <laughs> um and and he basically took me along to meet essentially Dionysus yo, yo, um, and that was through just exploration of different work and experiences and then as soon as Dionysus came into my life it was realizing that well there was many dreams as a child which he was part of as well very very visceral um, uh, I, I've unpacked enough already. I'm not yeah, going to <laughs> But, but, you know, again, he'd always been there. Um, <laughs> just love it. Yeah, we'll just say it. We'll just leave it at that. Yeah. Yep. Um, and when I learned more of the stories of Dionysus, obviously through the Greek uh, yep, yep. stories, yep. Like, which you love him, but when you look at uh, Dionysus is God, the different places he come, he came from. You know, he's God who comes, so he's not of an origin. But don't... I know! <laughs> I'm sorry, um, I'm a gay man, you left yourself out there. <laughs> but, but yes, comes and comes. Um, but, you know, it, there's many different places where his mythology and languaging appears in different cultures throughout histories. Um, you know, and there's a certain common threads which keep popping up, and a lot yep. of those spoke to my own life quite naturally, like really naturally. And when I realized that I, when I was opening up to hear uh, while doing the work, realizing the voice, and realizing the connection to, you know, uh, Dionysus is the god of theater. Is the god of ecstasy and ecstasis, um, the god that teaches us a lot about breaking boundaries, and particularly, um, you know, the followers of Dionysus or the Maenads, and a lot of what he did was to call out, um, in particularly if you look at the Greek stories, to women to break their bounds of conformity to what you know, society tells you you need to be and actually liberate yourself. He's the liberator, he's the freer. And and there's so, so much that he spoke to me and my journey. And, um, and, and you know, a, a lot of people sort of just connect him to wine. And I, my family on my father's side, actually, um, where my family has a connection to being the last Coopers left traditional oh, wow. Coopers oh, doing wow. Cooperage. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah. We've got a family winery on my father's side. So there is wow. my uh, surname on my father's side, a winery. Um, so wine has definitely been part of it. <laughs> uh, but but the, the journey and the symbolism 
of what that is, that life after death and that rebirth aspect yeah. of him. And, you know, you're drinking the blood of in many ways and what that really means. Um, so there's so many, so many layers to what he was singing to me personally in. Um, and, and you know, you'd see people you know, use Dionysus as just an excuse to party hard and get drunk. Yeah. And yeah. no, alcoholism is not worship to Dionysus. <laughs> um, if you really look at the stories of Dionysus, so there's a lot of confusion between him being the big drunken um, satyr, and that's actually Salinas. That's not Dionysus. That's someone else completely. But they kind of get, you know, if you look at Disney's Hercules, they basically yeah. call that Dionysus, which is Salinas. And then you've got Bacca or Bacchus, um, yeah. which, you know, the Romans started to just forget the detail and throw everything together. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the beginning of colonialism. Um, so, yeah, so, oh, so much to unpack there. But uh, I, yeah, Dionysus is in many different so my journey through and to the point of marriage uh, was really bizarre it was um it was my own personal journey through my practice of witchcraft and coming into community and connecting with others in community and finding well you know he is the first thing of a god or a deity that i can actually hear and see and connect with in the in to that level um and it was funny because I think I, I'd been working with uh, the Reclaiming Witchcraft community in Australia and there was a witch camp coming up which literally fell on my birthday and I got given a scholarship to attend and it was the Dionysus witch camp. Oh, um, wow. And it's like, okay, there's a whole lot of... <laughs> there's a lot happening there. <laughs> all at once um, going on. It's like, okay, well, yeah, I'll turn up. Yes, I'm going. And through that, there's many different things that happen at witch camps um, and multiple rituals that follow through themes and stories. And um, and through one of the rituals, one point of the ritual, there was three different possessions of Dionysus all at once. And there was particular experiences that happened through that um, that, uh, you know, uh, unpacked some very um, personal and direct things that... Uh, the people embodied like in that possession could not have known what they knew and could not have said what yeah. they had wow. yeah. and that, that was like well okay and part of that literally said you are mine um wow. and and i had already chosen my well, I had already been given because I was opening myself up to my name is Buck. You know, it's my my, my name in many many layers. And then, um, I before just before the camp, I got told uh, Agrios because I was thinking, well, you know, what's after Buck? What is it? And yeah, I yeah. was hearing this name, and it was Agrios, and it actually means of the wild, and it's one of the epithets of Dionysus. So it's Dionysus of the wild. Um, so that became my surname. And then shortly after witch camp, it was clear. So that I needed to devote myself to him. And my devotional, you know, you could be a priest of Dionysus. As a woman, you could be a maenad. Um, you know, actually go to the point of actually in, in service of to a maenad. 
And there's also a lot of mystery and great stories around Dionysus and his marriage. Um, and it was just very clear to me, no, this is a marriage that's happening. You're not devoting yourself to it. Yeah. This is a marriage. So I was in ritual, massive ecstatic ritual and a whole bunch of stuff and Agrios transformed into um, my my married name uh, to him. So yeah, so yeah, uh, that's what it is. <laughs> yeah. So um, I mean, not to ask the stupid question, but I'm gonna. Um, <laughs> so when, when you're married to a god, does that mean you are like you you won't get married in this lifetime, or does that not mean the same thing? Oh, uh, look, uh, if we look at the Greek translation of the gods, they're all pretty fucking open and polyamorous and that <laughs> moves. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, there's that side. No, I, I'm not, but... Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> it's okay, just run That <laughs> doesn't translate into my actual living life, but as far as could I marry someone else? Yeah, I guess. Do I want to? Um, uh, uh, my relationship with Dionysus is he, he is uh, he's in my heart he is <laughs> part of me um, you know I've been initiated as a child of other gods and things like that you know they've got their separate relationships in space um, yeah. and he's not a jealous god so um what does he ask of me? Well, various things. Um, am I a reconstructionist in you know traditional Greek you know, calendar and do all of his rituals and ceremonies and festivals? No, I don't. <laughs> I really don't. Um, do I do some when they call to me? Yes, and that's how I work. Yeah. Um, and and I you know, I've always held this balance between UPG, you know, um, you know. Uh, unsubstantiated personal gnosis uh, and also the teachings and what's been written by others through history and time you know know, there's always got to be a balance of those and I I do balance between the two do I know his festivals yes very well Um, do I feel that they have a purpose and place in my time for my practice and my relationship with him no does he tell me he needs them? No. Um, <laughs> so yeah, it's 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 between me and him, and that's what a marriage is. You know, yeah. Um, yeah. You know, it's it's us. Yeah. 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 So I love that, and that's, it's actually it's actually like the reason I was asking is just because, like I was asking for my own interest, but also because there are some people that are going to listen to it and think, oh, what does that mean? Like because I know that with my husband's mum, so my mother-in-law, actually, why did I say my husband's mum? That's weird. <laughs> My mother-in-law, like, because when she was a, when she was growing up, she like in Catholicism, she was like a bride of God. Like it was a thing that was very much a big thing back yeah. in those yeah. days. But that's very different. So I wanted to just say, in case some of our listeners have come from that kind of Christian belief system of understanding what is a marriage and all, I thought it might be relevant to to yeah. kind of touch on just to because obviously marriage is different to everyone as well. Because oh. some people see marriage as a between one and another, like monogamy. But other people are into polyamory, so what is marriage to them is a very different thing. So I yeah. appreciate you for being so candid yeah. and sharing well, that with us. I won't marry another god because I don't feel I can. Yeah. So yeah. it is in, in that yeah. way. Um, 
do I have relationships and experiences on various levels with other uh, god forms? Of course I do. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it's hardly like you know, you know, the Bride of Christ thing is really uh, the the you know married to yeah. to God and Bride of Christ and um, particularly like look at the nuns and yeah. Yeah. and and priests being married to the church. You know, yeah. 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 kind of marrying Jesus. Um, but yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, it, it, I, yeah. It, it has a similar element to it, but I guess it's just a devotional on a different yeah. level, a different way. Yeah. It's not, uh, you know, my marriage means I'm more devoted to Dionysus than anyone who's devoted to a god. No, it's mm-hmm. it's it's not a one-up technique. Don't oh well, I married my god. <laughs> 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 like, no, it, it was just. Oh up. come on! No, I'm just joking. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, it, it's just a different way of initiation, and yep. it was funny because yeah. I didn't realize it was an initiation. And it wasn't until um, I was speaking with a, another witch um, who who knows Dionysus very well, and um, and and he had said to me, he goes, but you've already been initiated uh, because I was talking about my unnamed path journey and ah, yeah, 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 yep. And and he goes, and you know you have gone through an initiation. I said, oh, what, what do you mean? And he goes, you were initiated by spirit, like Dionysus. Yeah. Initiated, as like, oh, oh, yeah. I I thought I just kind of swore a whole bunch of stuff to him and gave over <laughs> part of my soul and being to him. And gee, who would have thought that's who? Oh, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but anyway. But it, it, um, through through my work with Dionysus, I guess yeah. I I learned a lot about. Uh, further technique in ecstatic work and yep. that, yeah. that ability to you know uh, jump the hedge you know hedge crossing mm-hmm. and yep. astral that's something called astral work but you know different languaging in but yep. those techniques yes i've written yep. okay. but spirit flight and um and opening up spaces between realms and being able to travel um between realms was a big part of that um my next stage which was inspired a lot through uh, reclaiming work was learning about the three soul alignment and that which didn't really come through until I did my next thing which was the unnamed path um, which was the whole next shift of my journey so yeah well, going with that, <laughs> that next I was like I'm sending the messages ask about that thing I'm like that's where we're going I'm like now that we've kind of gone there I'd really love to talk about um, how what it's been like to actually bring almost like a new tradition over because <laughs> you are the only teacher over here aren't you yeah yeah, yeah. And, you were, and you were also the first initiate right from australian soil uh, outside oh. of america okay uh, oh and yeah. the first as well first outside of america and first teacher i'm um, sorry this is water by the way i did want you guys to think i've just get given up on the glass <laughs> and swinging out of the <laughs> oh look there's no judgment if you were i'm gonna say life. Fine, go um, for it. <laughs> you're married to Dionysus. You get a free pass. You can drink as much as you want. <laughs> now he's going to have fizzy water coming out of his nose. Yeah, sorry. Anyway, sorry. Um, what, what, uh, so how's it been um, bringing it across, bringing yeah. the with the unnamed path? Because we spoke about it brief with um, David when we were talking yeah. about what the unnamed path and everything and was. Just to touch on the fact is that's yeah. how I met you originally is because I was looking into you did a oh for lack of a 
yeah, roots and bones. I was getting, I was, you know, what to call it. It's like not a ritual. It was like roots and bones, and through that is how I, from your interviews that you did with David and Tommy, is how I got came across them. And then it's kind of like now we've come full circle. Now I've interviewed all of you for my show. So, oh yeah. Um, anyway, <laughs> so uh, David was my teacher and an and initiator, um, but also Tommy was a big part of that journey as well. Um, so yeah, I. Yeah, uh, my journey of the unnamed path was yeah. quite a long one, anyway. Um, yeah. I listened to the podcast. So you've, you know, David's talked a lot about it, so yeah. I want to unpack everything about the unnamed path. But um, go back and listen to that interview if you haven't. <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> but uh, you know, I, I had actually been listening to the podcast for about six years, um, and really integrating many of the techniques and that into my personal practice so you know I was doing my work uh, my stat my personal practice which was very ecstatic and my work with Dionysus and still doing my you know my random little call to make things um you know, in case I move out very much root work uh spirit-led yeah. root work kind of stuff um you know, all, all of that technique uh, was naturally there. I was uh, getting involved with Reclaiming Witchcraft Community, which was yeah. really uh, incredible and a wonderful way to to connect with a community that was inclusive and held space for queer and other and um, and really walked its, walked its talk in many ways. So I was doing many different things, but The Unknown Path was where I was steering and building my own practice through the podcast. Yeah. And then um, the, the, the founder of The Unnamed Path passed away. Um, I, I had got to do uh, communicate with him a few times, but wasn't ever taught by him as such. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, through a very you know, bizarre um, lining up of bits and pieces, long story short, I saw a dead guy in my bed, um, which was him. I woke up one morning and literally saw wow. um, Hyperion in my bed and goes, just wow. fucking listen and do the work and disappeared on me. And I hadn't had a full oh. embodied person right, in, right there. like kind of since I was a kid, like that level. Wow. Of, but you're right there. Um, yeah. And that was a moment where I thought, oh shit, because I'd kept putting off this whole kind of, should I study the unknown? Like, should I should go I into it? formal study? Yeah. Like, I was doing it. Yeah. Um, and then, strangely enough, uh, two days later, David reached out, said we should chat. <laughs> um, and David decided that I was going to be his first student because he had gone he's a formal teacher he'd done yeah. all the work and all that he was the third initiated in the whole tradition um yeah, so yeah. he was trained under um Hyperion and and yeah and he took me on as his very first student which was really cool and obviously the distance thing was the yeah range for us both to try and to work out yeah. negotiate I'm very fortunate that in my in my day side I have uh, work opportunities that I travel the world quite a lot. Ah, so there was. So yeah, I'm very, very, um, you know, being the witch that I am, very good at being able to coordinate yeah, treats where I yep. need to go. Um, <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, I did that very well to be able to line up, to be able to do my in-person yeah. pieces, and 
and yeah and then when it came to time to initiation I knew I wanted it to be here I knew I wanted to be in Australia now that comes with a whole bunch of stuff um I I I kind of had a feeling that I would be led toward eventually teaching in the unnamed path uh that being you know again part of my day side is yeah. as a trainer um and I knew there was a lot of work to be done, not just to bring these guys who've never left the country over to, to Australia. So it wasn't just David. Oh, Americans. Yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> you forget there's a world out there. No, no shade, but like a lot of Americans have not traveled outside of America. It's common. Yeah, I, I, I've, I've traveled more of America than most Americans. So Same. Yeah, but, Same. But, it's the Australian way, you know, we, we're used to travel, like, around. Yeah, that's it. We well, we, we live in the middle of a fucking ocean where you we know that anywhere yeah. we go is going to be at least 10 or so hours away. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, I mean, anywhere that's not Bali is at least 10 or so hours <laughs> yeah, away. So, um, yeah, so it was... I did a lot of work to go, well, where do I want to be initiated? And by this stage, I was living in Melbourne, uh, but I'm born in Sydney. But, like, where's home? Where, yeah. where's my, my soul home and another part of my journey which I, I'm not going to go into a, a lot of detail about it but um, uh, there's been a long long family uh, history which became a joke in my family about you know Nana has a secret um, which leads to the indigenous um, yeah. uh, history of my family as well and it wasn't until my dad was pretty much on his deathbed that a whole bunch of extra stuff came out. And we've since been able to find the names, find the connection, yeah, stolen yeah. Uh, stolen stuff going on, um, but literally connected that I, you know, my heritage from an indigenous heritage is through Dungadi and Gumbanga um, community, uh, which is far north New South Wales. Now, okay. um, so near, um, you know, uh, Kempsey and North. So yep. from uh, around Kempsey, Port Macquarie, Coffs Harbour, that whole area is the lower yeah. areas, um, Dungadi, upper area is Gumbanga. Um, so th that was part of, part of my history and all that. And I stopped and thought I really just did a journey to go, well, where, where's my, where's my heart home now? There's this place in my life that I went to as a kid and you know when you're a little kid, you go on like family holidays and you kind of forget what's what was real, what wasn't. Yeah. And I yeah. thought that I'd made up this whole place called Emerald Beach. Um, and it wasn't until much later in my life, I ended up for a short period of time moving to Coffs Harbour when I left Sydney um, just to get away from city life. And I moved to Coffs yeah. Harbour and I met some people and they said, come to our place, uh, we're having a barbecue. It's at Emerald Beach. It's like, what? What? A real place? <laughs> a real place? Um, <laughs> so within a year, I ended up moving in with them at this house at Emerald Beach, wow. which just sang to my heart and my biggest healing after a lot of trauma had happened yeah. um, was there and in that place. Wow. And I thought, you know what? If anywhere's it sings to my heart to go, this is where it could hold me for an initiation because it held me through my first initiation in many ways through dealing with massive trauma. Um, it was there. And 
I decided on it and it wasn't until I thought, you know what, I'm, I'm going to read more about the area and try and connect with um, the, the indigenous area of the land and the story, the indigenous stories, the actual owners of, yeah. of this uh, land. Uh, because if I'm bringing any tradition here and asking any spirit to be connected, a lot of yeah. our tradition connects with the spirit of place as well. So we do yeah. a lot yeah. of work with land-based middle world spirit um, yeah. of, of plant and, and, and other. So, if, you know, I, I didn't want to be the extra level colonialist coming in going, <laughs> hey, I'm just going to bring another tradition bring here and, and work with yeah. my spirits here. Um, and also I needed to be true to my own journey. Now, it was there that I actually found the Dreamtime story, which is the origin of the Dungadi people and the Gumbanga people all originated from this area. And it wasn't until afterwards that, that I'd found that out. So exactly where I was asking to be initiated was actually one of the birthplaces of uh, my Indigenous heritage on that side as well. Um, so if anywhere was saying it's okay, yes, yeah. welcome, that was it. I also did do work and, uh, and uh, the guys who came over, we spent three days uh, traveling around and learning about the indigenous uh, culture oh, and community wow. in the areas, we, um, you know, we all, uh, you know, uh, got very welcomed, and they got to learn a lot about um, the indigenous reading of the land, of the stories of place, and all of that, and a lot about, um, you know, some of the massacres in the area and things like that as well. So yeah. we did a lot of work uh, there before anything to do with my initiation and that was very important to me to go yeah. if, if this is going to be planting a seed um let it be welcome and let it know on what land it is and how to integrate um that so yeah i love that very about, special i was gonna say i love yeah. that about your story though because it's um like that's another thing that uh, this i jokingly said this with vicky just in confidence after we chatted to you the other day as a bit of a pre pre interview chat um, I actually said to her, I'm like, I feel like sometimes when I'm talking to you that I'm almost like looking in a future projection of me because so much of our story has this like crossover, um, but yet so different at the same time. But like, I think that that's absolutely beautiful. The fact that you've got that ability to be able to do all that research into your indigenous background and stuff like that. And just to be able to go there, talk to the people, learn about the histories and stuff. Like, is it something like, in all honesty, I'm saying this as a proud Australian who only recently in the last two years found out about my indigenous roots, like, there's not many Australians who actually take the time to even investigate that indigenous or not. So the fact that you actually did that and showed your respect and uh, almost like asked for permission, I guess, in, in some yeah. ways um, yeah. to, to bring that tradition is absolutely magical in its own right. Yeah, uh, well, thank you. Uh, thank you, but I, I, you know, again, I, you know, luckily my engagement, my network that I work closely with is communities like Reclaiming, where there's definite acknowledgement of, well, if you're working with energies and spirit, then, you know, uh, look at where you are. Yeah. And work with that, you know, be true to that. You know, you look at um, a lot of Australian dru uh, druidry and things like that, where, where you know, we, we can't, we're definitely influenced and in bringing in a lot of cultures that, um, and a ways of working and energetically working from different areas. Um, you know, uh, 
and particularly those of us that are working traditions that might have been from England or uh, yeah. Ireland and things like that. So um, my you know, mum's side of the family is from Cornwall. So uh, I, you know, I definitely got a certain heritage yeah, coming right. through there um, very clearly. And, and that was to do with the oceans and that as well. And it's funny because my indigenous heritage inside, it's, the way they worked with the land was very much almost a parallel in in the culture and ways of this land because it was uh, connecting to how the ocean meets the rivers comes into the land is the area of my of my indigenous connection yes. um, and, and my family in Cornwall were the exact same they were the fishermen and the bay keepers and also took into the land so yeah so any which I say if you're if you're if you're wanting to really tap into magic of place magic of spirit any form of animism mm -hmm. then learn what land you're on and yeah. listen shut up and listen mm -hmm. um you know i i don't call myself uh, an indigenous person because i've grown up with the privilege of everything of this same um, i also have not gone through uh, the the teachings and the, the initiations, I don't know all the stories. I know some of the language. I've been very fortunate that um, Gumbanga language and Dungadi language are both languages that have actually been saved and taught. So part of yeah. lockdown this year, I actually started doing uh, language classes, um, which was really Oh, cool. wow. Um, yeah. But, but I, I know it, it's part of my blood and my heritage. So that's yeah. where I started to do. But whether it is that or not for you, if you're a witch, work in magic and connecting yep. with energies of this land or even not everyone should if you're living on this land listen to this land and listen yeah. to the people who uh, who, who uh, it's from and yeah oh 100 34 year old me yeah. two years ago really wishes he could go back in time and bitch slap like the young immature like kid at school who was like Ooh, I don't want to hear about the stolen generation anymore because you know as a kid you don't know what you're listening to you don't understand the the complexity and the brutality I guess of, of Australian history um, and it's it's very easy for us to be so flippant about it and to just be like oh but that was in the past leave it in the past get over it but but it's not it's, it still happens and it, no, it, even, it's built the foundations of our version of this country exactly so exactly yeah exactly so I know, I know exactly what you're saying. That's I'm like, this is like just resonating on so many levels. Um, so if, if there's anything like, guys, what my message, I don't like to get political on this podcast, because but we're very free and open about what you want to talk about. But one thing I will say is uh, just to echo what Bucca said is like, just know the land that you're on and just respect the people that came here before us. Because, um, yeah, it's, it's important, especially as people who like we work in a very much a earth based religion. We live on Terra Australis which has been Aboriginal land for tens of thousands of years. <laughs> the end. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We are a blip on a blip. What was that episode that we did, Vicky, when we were talking about how, oh, it was an episode about the moon, and I said how the moon is like yeah. four point something, like 4,000 and something billion years old, as is the Earth. So like when we talk about history, oh, yeah. we are not yeah, like, even a microscopic like blip of the microscopic blip. So yeah. like, whereas Aboriginal history goes for tens of thousands of years. 65,000 and, uh, and longer. Yeah. Yeah. That's why I said tens of thousands. Yeah. Like, you know, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. So uh, I, there, there's also sometimes the other extreme, and I'm not. We're not going to jump into cultural appropriation territory right now. <laughs> but having said that, um, there, there's also sometimes this over eagerness yeah. um, to to. Uh, I do recognize sometimes people there's a difference between acknowledging spirit forms that yeah. are of um various indigenous cultures and communities on this land and ways to to work with them or engage with them if you will but but uh know how you're doing that and then there's sometimes that other extreme of people uh taking that extra level as a white person that really has no background engagement or true knowledge or foundations within uh, the community that use or work with that spirit in that way um and yeah just that there's a line between respect and cultural knowledge and knowing and connection um and listening uh to just straight out appropriation and sometimes that line gets a little blurred in our community. People that, with all good intention, yeah. Mm, hey, yeah. I want to call in this spirit right now into this working. It's like you're doing a very white man working right now, and why are you calling that spirit that actually mm. isn't connected to you or your culture in this? But you know, you're talking to a man married to Dionysus. Yes, on my father's side, there's Greek as well. Sure, <laughs> you know, luckily is the god who comes. But you know, <laughs> there, there's lines between it, and yeah. you've yeah. got to understand where we're talking about a peoples that are still to this day um, suffering from the privilege of others, and that's where the line comes. But. That's all I'm getting. It's not a political podcast, I reckon. No, 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 no but like, and that's what I'm saying. We'll never say that. my Aries comes in too, where I just, <laughs> let's burn this shit down. Um, <laughs> it's okay. We're, Vicky, Vicky and I are very candid ourselves, and we've touched on the topic of co cultural appropriation many times because even in the episodes mm. that we've already recorded, we've talked about dream catchers, we've talked about. Oh God, I can't even think of the ones. Oh, we've oh, talked about chakras. Like, yeah, shamanism. Yeah. Like we've talked about. You know. Yeah, I was one of the first mm. really uh, big ones who said, "No, I, I'm not going to be initiated as a shaman." Mm. In you know, because it was part yeah. of languaging, and David explored part of the histories of that. Um, do I use uh, shamanic practices and technique? Yes. Well, shamanic is based on shaman, like the shaman practices. So it's not. It's not a copy, it's based on or influenced by, right? But a different languaging of it because it's yeah. also what I talk about is spirit flight. Yeah. And there's that, that's actually what it is. And, you know, there's, there's certain lenses that are used um, which have reasons for being there in, in our tradition. Yeah. Um, but I, I'm not a shaman, I'm a witch. And yeah. when it comes to that tradition and yes do i use shamanic technique yes mm -hmm. am i a shaman no <laughs> i mean yeah. without without opening up a can of worms we could technically argue that all forms of witchcraft are technically cultural appropriation technically 
because we've all borrowed uh, every culture has borrowed from every other culture but let's not go there but, oh, but, but, but I, there's a difference <laughs> between is it a culture which is continuing to suffer from yeah. those that yeah. took that yeah. and that's a big difference which is lost in the detail of the exactly Oh, exactly yeah. exactly and i think it's it's so it's almost like that catchphrase these days that everyone's like oh cultural appropriation but hang on a second wait first look up the definition of that phrase before you go throwing it around willy-nilly and that's one thing that I, unfortunately i see common practice on the internet because everyone's happy to be a keyboard warrior and call other people out on their appropriation <laughs> yeah. and i'm like the fact that you're thinking that that's appropriation is actually appropriating appropriation because you're now making uh -huh. it mean something it doesn't mean <laughs> Oh, and I'm just like, mic drop, exit <laughs> chat. <laughs> I'm joking, I'm joking. Okay, let's move along. Move on. <laughs> yeah, before we get accused of being... Well, I just have quickly <laughs> one question before you move oh. too far. I just had one question about um, like connecting with the land that you're on. Do you have any advice or anything uh, for people that they can start to explore? Good save. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what sort of the best avenues do you have any advice or any um, guidance as to how best to do it um, and how to do it in yeah. a respectful way and things oh, like okay. that as well? Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Getting a little bit more familiar with the actual land, like the land that you're on. And yeah. And, and I guess learn the histories of that land mm. as well. Like, you know, and work backwards and work forwards, you know. Um, yeah. You know, where I am, you know, there, there was farming in this area. What kind of farming was it? What bought it here and why? Uh, what what rivers are here that support that? Well, what are the histories of those rivers? Um, and then inevitably you should be coming to the indigenous yeah. histories of that as well. Yeah, um, yeah. And knowing the name of the lands you're on, it's very easy. We're, like, thankfully, there are so many tools now to easily identify what land you're on from an indigenous language and what country you're on. Um, does that mean you then need to you know, engage in great deep levels on it all? No, but to learn a little bit, if you buy a river, uh, know the histories of that river from an indigenous culture, but also yeah. then learn such some of the histories of the land that you're around. Now, I live in a very urban environment. Yeah. Um, and a lot of us do, and uh, you know, and it sometimes as witches, uh, particularly, we sometimes we feel like to do the nature witch stuff, we need to go out to nature. That's going. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Are you not breathing the air right now? Is there not a weed coming through the cracks of the footpath? Is there not a bird nearby? Whether it be introduced species or not, you know. I am um, still there. Yeah, this is the first time I've lived in an apartment since uh, uh, since like '95. Um, uh, I don't. Uh, I've always had like backyards and things like that. I've been yeah, very, yeah. always living in a house. Um, so yeah. I'm living in an apartment, and I've got plants everywhere. I've, I've got my wormwood, my mugwort, my rosemary, my lavender. <laughs> I all, love it. All on my balcony. <laughs> yes, I love it. Hot plants, <laughs> but. I I connect uh, I work a lot with uh, bird spirits as well, um, and that actually yeah. came from my father's side. Strangely enough, oh um, really? Not a witch, but always spoke to birds. Yeah. And um, so I've got a whole family of magpies that I've fed for four generations from this oh, apartment now, um, who yeah. come to my balcony, sing to me, and I feed them a variety of food. So please, if anyone's into feeding birds, <laughs> look at what they naturally need to eat. 
Um, yeah. Don't just give them sausages all the time. Um, okay. But yeah, so, <laughs> but, but that's part of my spiritual practice is just mm. basic connection in day to day. Kick your shoes off and walk in the park. Look at the yeah. leaves in the trees. What's going on with those leaves? What's going on with the wildflowers in the area? You know, you're, there's simple things that you can do. Like if you've got wattle nearby, then have a look yeah. at that. If there's jacarandas nearby, look at that. You know, there's so many different yeah. plants that are native that have a story of time and, and just sit with it you know be present with it do you need to know the deep indigenous knowledge behind it no no you don't you are like you know i'm not telling everyone to to go become deep cultural experts in the great histories of everything but you know there's simple things that you can at least Mm. do and that's just sit and listen and work with it so if you're someone who works with plant spirit then sit and listen to the spirit of that plant listen to the spirit of place um you know, and and too too often in, in like I, I'm of a tradition where we work in the upper world, the middle world, and the underworld. Um, yeah. And and I see a lot of the time there's this this seeming romanticism about going upper world or underworld. You know, your underworld is now ancestors yeah. of the dead and all yeah. that. And it's like, but what about the spirit of the middle world behind? What's behind that? And that often gets forgotten and there's often excuses going oh but i don't live in the bush it's like yeah but you don't need to you don't need to uh you you you, there'll be dirt somewhere (laughs) yeah there's always dirt somewhere there's always a weed crop you know cracking through something there's you know nature is there uh look for it and listen to it you know um and then listening to it is learning how you engage with it so what are those little things you do in your community and nature is the people in the community as well humans are part of nature mm-hmm. so how do you <laughs> we do forget humans? that sometimes don't yeah we? we're not a, we're not yeah. a major or separate although we yeah, that's right so just doing community work or being involved in community yeah. you know <clears throat> anything on that level is also part of nature that that spirit that is spirit of the middle world um we get this weird disassociation of us and nature nature is this thing in us and and spirit of those become this other it's like "Mm, no missing the point i think (laughs) and i think i think you've said it so poetically like if if anyone is listening to this i think like it's a theme and i don't know whether this is intentional or not but it's something i've picked up on listening to your whole story and this whole interview is the common theme that I'm sensing is sit and listen. In every story you've told us, it's always about sit and listen. And I think as witches, that's probably one of the most important things that we can do is just to sit and listen, whether that's sit and listen to an elder or sit and listen to another witch or sit and listen to nature or sit and listen to a spirit of an animal or a plant or whatever, it doesn't matter. Mm. But just sitting or even just listening to your higher self, your gods, your whatever sit and listen that's that's the best thing we can do as witches it's not about trying to talk yeah i say this as someone who's just created a podcast (laughs) and and it's like just (laughs) preach 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 but the thing is guys that in order for us to get to this point to create a podcast we like vicky and i both independently we sit and listen and not just to our own spirits and to our deity to nature we sit and listen to one another like the amount of stuff Mm. that i've learned from vicky in the like and vice versa. Four months that we've known each other. <laughs> yes. 
I feel like I've known her my, a whole entire life. That's what, like, yeah. you know, sometimes we take that for granted. But um, so I think that if there's one thing that our listeners can take from this is to sit and listen to each other. Don't go out there, have a conversation with someone because you feel like you can disprove them or that you can impress them with how much you know. Like, it's sit and listen. Like, the limited conversations I've had with you, Buck, I walk away from them literally learning. And every time I've spoke, spoken to you, I send a message to Vicky, hey, are you busy? And she'd be like, yeah, what's up? And I'm like, and then I call her, and I'm like, I just got off the phone with Buck. She goes, oh, what did you talk about this time? And then I'm like, wow, you taught me this and this and this and this and this. Because like, I literally just sit there with this inquisitive mind of, you've been doing this longer than I have. I need to pay you the respect that you're owed, which is to sit and listen to you and, and to, take even if i'm only taking a little grain of the information each time because it's obviously you're a wealth of knowledge <laughs> uh, but not like in my eyes you are like i respect the people who came before me which includes you um like even if i'm only taking a grain each time that's still one more grain of, of knowledge that i'm taking by being respectful enough to listen to you and and i'm hoping that our listeners have been doing the same thing <laughs> I, I think sitting and listening and doing the work. Oh yeah, it's yeah. The, what the yeah. world doesn't need is any more armchair pagans or armchair yeah. witches who own all the books, but are you doing it? Um, and then the other extreme is, you know, we we particularly in the last four years, there's a certain influence that's really projected that, uh, which is going now. Um, but has been about there's no conversation. It's just one or the other. Everything is black or white. But yeah. the art yeah. of conversation, the art of being able to listen to points of view that are different to yours. Mm. Um, you know, yes. I, you know, as soon as you stop learning, then just curl up and die. But, <laughs> Pretty much. Um, but <laughs> the, but it was part of what, like, I guess when it comes down to, you know, the, when we, I was talking about modern witches and uh, what uh, my concern is the everything coming so quick and easy where there's the learning is in the journey not in the end product um, yeah. you know initiation is the beginning uh, you know all of those kind of I know they sound like cliches but they're, it's they're, they're really true kind of, yeah it but, really... but it's the art of, of the practice and the journey and being willing to reinvent to your own vision of things to break down and reassess you know that shadow work isn't something that's done once you know i a lot of my work is integrating of the shadow which definitely yeah. has been part of my journey uh, obviously I'm a vampire of course there's lots of shadow <laughs> um but but in many layers uh, <clears throat> how that works but that doesn't mean it's done once and it's done you no. keep no. so keep listening like, keep doing and yeah. doing isn't just projecting something where you know where we see you know, there's this value in just purely something aesthetic and now i, I love great aesthetics don't you? <laughs> <laughs> I, was but, say, I mean <laughs> with, your, with your beautiful backdrop no you don't yeah. <laughs> it, it, it's more you know yeah. unless there's true substance where you know the origins behind what led to that what yeah. Yeah, there's so much symbolism which can be explored in aesthetics. Um, there, there's so much cultural history and languaging as to why an image is done this way, or there's a lighting of that way, or there is a clothing of this choice. Now, you know, there's this celebration of the Insta witch or the, you know, the TikTok yeah. kind of thing, which is, it's an easy projection and everyone, everyone's got something to say, but do they? Like, I, who's yeah. actually 
really saying something in that and that's not to say there's not like both of those are incredible platforms to communicate incredible yeah that's right if you can use it the right way i was gonna be a smart ass and say in the words of a tiktok which okay boomer yeah yeah. i'm joking i'm joking (laughs) yeah but it's um but but even outside of that I, i know plenty of boomer witches who still need to hear that exact same thing oh yeah how about you do the work and how about you listen yeah yeah 100 i think was there any other questions you wanted to ask vicky because i i mean i could talk to buck all day so oh, no, don't, look at, don't ask me i know i'm the same i'm like i could keep going and going but i don't don't ask me because i'm already like you a few drinks in so <laughs> <laughs> but like i say to all my amazing guests who like literally who it feels yeah. like a true conversation and a way to um because like i mean you've touched on it already but that's why we created this podcast is because we want to give a voice to all of the witches all of the different walks of path so that we can hear from so many different eclectic people that there's no there's not just one way to be a witch there's not just one way to do the work there's not just one way to learn what you need to learn like it's there are so many different ways to do it so um i mean i'd be more more than open to a, a follow-up conversation <laughs> down the track i won't call it an interview this time was an interview next time it's like your family now next time it's just a chat <laughs> like, you know, there's no red carpet there's no fence no i'm just kidding <laughs> no but I'd, I'd actually love to like i mean fast forward let's just say you know maybe anniversary of this this release date um it's not like i'll forget the date because it'll be my anniversary next year yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah because i honestly think that like you know also as we're going to evolve as a podcast as well we're obviously going to probably want to ask different questions in next time who knows and and also we'd love to hear how the online path goes as it progresses as well because i believe you've got your first group of yeah so i've got uh student initiates going through at the moment um which is great so yeah we're 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 ticking along which is really cool and and i i guess i want to talk to that point sometimes we see evolution as um moving forward without the past where Part of my journey, my integration of my so many different layers of my past are all with me. And that's where I know that I'm really moving forward is sometimes from the outside them I go, oh, you've gone from this to this to this. It's like, well, it's all yeah, part of you. They're all part of it. Yeah. Um, yeah. And they're all that journey. You know, um, so if anyone listening or, or watching, whatever, they do both but you know if, if there's different aspects of my journey that people want to know about i, I am open um, if people want to reach out um uh, but particularly for the vampire community it's something that i guess a lot of our listeners would know anything about <laughs> um yeah. a lot of people yeah. people don't so um it does have a, a long history and there's many different viewpoints of it um i you know, you've got houses and covens and all of that, um, and courts. Um, I I have successfully sat on the edge of a lot of them. Yes, I do work with. Uh, there's a house here in Australia that I work closely with. There's uh, in America as well that I work with. Um, but my journey is my own. So people do want to know. I'm always going to give avenues for people to explore, but never give them this is the way of doing it yeah um yeah i don't believe in that it's all about your own evolution experience like look at the three of us mm. you know which is 
It's such a different band. Very different band. Yeah. <laughs> and and right. can we I mean, similarities, similarities, but very yes. different differences at the same time. But that's it. And that's the thing, though. And this is a thing I think is often missing is that we forget that there's just so much to learn. Like, if you actually just stop, like, if you've, you've we've said is if you stop and listen and listen to other people's points of view and you learn so many more things like I've learned heaps just in this conversation now <laughs> yeah but the, 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 this podcast you know what it stands for is exactly that yeah you know, let, yeah let's stop othering each other and let's stop yeah. lines between but rather find those crosses uh over the yeah. those places of crossover and connection and yeah and learn more about ourselves from each other you know even if it is from mm. a very different perspective um yeah, yeah. thank it's you for great. recognizing that by the way because it's something that obviously we we, we say we do it and we, we we strive to do exactly that it's about for us it's not about um pointing out the differences it's about celebrating the differences and the nuances and the you know just highlighting because... the, the similarities in different things that people always exactly think exactly so completely different there's no yeah there's so much crossover, um, but okay. Anyways, I don't want to open up another can of worms because I, I would, honestly, <laughs> the next question that comes out of my mouth is going to turn into another conversation. <laughs> so, like in all honesty, it's been an absolute pleasure it's having you on the show. Thank, thank you so thank much. Thank you for so so much. It's been and, amazing. Um, and so, guys, this. Uh, if you if you wanted more information about some of the topics that we're covering i had it up on my screen and then closed my phone so uh the other episodes we're talking about uh so if you want to hear more about the unnamed path obviously we interviewed david in episode eight um and we whilst it didn't specifically come up in this episode but when buck was talking about how he kept seeing these random random occurrences that happen more than one time uh we cover a little bit of that in our episode oh, yeah. <laughs> omen signs and angel numbers which was episode 13 so go back and listen to those uh and also the one you could also go back and listen to episode four which is about coming out of the broom closet because as we touched on we've yeah. all come in and out of the closet different phases of our life so um oh you know i've got it come out of the coffin come out of the broom closet <laughs> <laughs> that's right running out of spaces to come out of now. <laughs> That's why I love I love the artwork that we've used for your episode. That straight out of the coffin. Okay, yeah. <laughs> it's like straight out of Compton, but straight Compton. out of the coffin. I love it. But anyways, Buck. So uh, for anyone that's listening, uh, if you want to connect with Buck, please do so. Uh, we'll share some contact details, um, like his Instagram handles and stuff like that, in our posts. Uh, and from us, I hope you have an amazing day. Great. Have a lovely day. Thanks, guys. Bye.